BDSM and non-standard relationships. Star exchange and polyamory. Sacred sexuality and fetishes. As, as well, well as, as simply, simply fun, fun kink. kink. You'll find shows on these topics and more at eroticawakeningpodcast.com. This week on Erotic Awakening, polyamory with multi-amory, post-power exchange processing, and bad Scottish accents. Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. When should they stop listening? Right now. Hi, Don. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Today on the podcast, we will be speaking polyamory with the crew from the Multiamory podcast, doing a little um, getting together with them and figuring out their take on polyamory. I have to admit, I came at them strong. Did you now? Yeah, we took on the big topics. I mean, you and I talk polyamory all the time. Mm -hmm. uh, we have, uh, we're in a multiple web of polyamorous stuff right, right now. Right. So I figured since I'm talking to people that run a polyamory podcast, I'd better give them the hard questions. Did they? How well did they do? They did very well. And awesome. they did not mind me giving them the Mike Wallace treatment instead of our normal Andy, Andy Rooney, Rooney treatment. Nice. Yes. I've been listening to their podcast a little bit. They got some good stuff on there. So um, I may end up. Um, answering a couple of their... I'm, I might end up writing them with a couple of my ideas. I do that on occasion as well with podcasts yeah. where somebody will say something and I'll be I'll switch hats from the podcast uh, host to the podcast listener and saying, mm -hmm. oh, I like what you said there. Or, hey, right. you're talking bullshit. You know, I saw you guys were struggling over this. Here, here's my thought on it. Or something like that. Because I really like it when people do that to us. Mm -hmm. You know, I like to have a little bit of feedback, so I know we're not just speaking into the black abyss, which is this microphone in front of my face, because we don't have paper Exactly. Notes. As a matter of fact, we recently got some feedback from Big Cat in Scotland, who says they've been listening to the podcast since the beginning. And I'm sorry you had to listen to those early episodes. I don't think they're quite up to snuff. <laughs> um <laughs> But, but you tried your what? You tried your Scottish accent with them. I, I did to do said. a Scott, to do a shout out to them, and um, they did not mock me for it. I appreciate that. <laughs> so it's neat to see you know people write us like that. And right. uh, one of the things that Cat pointed out was that we help them not just as you know giving them information about kink, but just in general as well. That's really right. nice to hear. So. We enjoy that. We enjoy that a lot. So, you know, we have a couple of new subscribers to the newsletter. Yeah, let's knock those out real quick before we get to our multi-amory interview. I see that Curvaceous D from New England wrote... Oh, no, no. New Zealand. Even better. Mm -hmm. And Klaus from Germany. So we are again going international this episode. So nice, nice. Oh, my God. Are you still tired? I am still totally wiped out. We just wrapped up our Power Exchange Summit number four the three-day yearly event that focuses on power exchange relationships. Um, and wow. Wow, wow, I'm wow. I'm still wiped. I mean, we came home, wow, what a weekend, and then came home Sunday, took a three-hour nap, and then still slept eight hours yes. on top of that. So we're still catching up. But what an intense weekend. Oh, my God. Phenomenal. You know... It's really gratifying to see to jump out over to FetLife at the Power Exchange Summit group and seeing all the comments and all the people, all the feedback, um, and to see all the people that you know as we were leaving the event, stopping by, talking, telling us what a nice event, what a great mm -hmm. experience it was for them. 
Um, on a on a personal note, I noticed this time at the very very end, very last thing we do is we you know we go through the thanking our staff and right. give some stuff away because that's what we do. But um, Master Eric said, "How about a round of applause for Dan and Dawn?" Mm-hmm. And that was very uh, gracious of him. And uh, we got the standing ovation that felt very heartwarming. It was very heartfelt. It was very gratifying to have that happen. Um, It didn't feel like what you're supposed to do. Right. You know, it felt like people just genuinely saying thank you. And that... um, you know, leading up into it, we talk about how much it costs to put the event together and mm-hmm. if we're going to break even or if it's going to come out of our pocket or if we'll end up buying, buying another K-cup machine with the profits. <laughs> right. Um, and all that kind of melts away when you get that kind of response, when you it realize does. that the value you've uh, allowed people to share in. I, I agree. And um, it was actually kind of rough because I was already really tired and already feeling the feels. And, you know, so when they did that, boy, I had to lock down or I, I would have cried. I ended up waiting until um, the staff, the staff meeting. So uh, Slave Ann ended, ended up walking me away. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, to give me a break because everybody was uh, hugging. You know, that was staff. Right. You know, everybody was hugging and saying, what you know, what a great time. We had some new staff members that uh, just really enjoyed the the experience and, you know, everybody just really seemed to bring something away from it. And, yeah, it was hard. So to stand there and go, whew, weekend's over. Mm-hmm. So intense weekend. Really enjoyed it. I actually tried to sit in a couple of classes this time. Oh, my God. I can't do that when I'm in producer mode. Yeah. I sat there and I'm like, <laughs> Me oh, too. <laughs> I, okay, this is great. This is great. I really want to sit here. I really want to learn something. I really want to, oh, my God, I think something needs to be done. You know, I can hear my name when I can't hear my name. Right. So, you know, and I already warned the presenters beforehand. I'm like, if I sneak out, don't worry about it producer mode right. and that's what i had to do and then oh my god and then we had the rainstorm saturday you were in a meeting mm-hmm. you were in one of the um riddle the riddle meeting the uh the 12 step meeting and uh someone had run in from outside and said the smoking tent's blowing away there's a storm coming in and all the all the led lights are blowing across the parking lot and blah 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 <laughs> so i had to run up from the information table that we have had to run up run outside thank god i jog now you know outside grab the tent so and then had to run back inside grab some rope so we could leash the tent to keep it from blowing <laughs> away into cars and then i i'm like i don't want to interrupt his meeting but i need manpower so i run into your meeting and i i, I don't feel like i burst open the door i no, think no, no, i no. gently opened it but the feeling behind it in my in, when i remember it now it feels like i burst open the door i'm drenched from the rain and you just look at me and think I needed because yeah. <laughs> she jumped right up, but that's how it felt. <laughs> and it was not nearly as dramatic as that. But if no, you think about it, you know, from the, the entire weekend, that was the story that we take away was right. the, you know, the storm hit and the smoking tent almost blew away. Right. And it was kind of funny to see some of our presenters like Mr. Uh, Mr. Susan out there. Um, holding holding the down the tent. Down. Yeah. So we have three, three or four smoke drenched smokers that are determined the tent is not going to blow away right now we've got jugs of water holding this thing down right but it was it was a it was a windy windy squall coming through so they're drenched smoking under the tent holding it down then it takes what six of us to pick it up and ding, 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 to walk close to the right. light poles so that we could leash it 
<laughs> so all of us come in wet. That was kind of neat, though. Everybody just kind of ran out. and. It, it was neat that, you know, it wasn't like a big dramatic thing. It was mm-hmm. like people just jumping in to help. That was kind of neat. And right. again, like I said, that's the story of the weekend, the, the bad thing that happened. And right. when that's the bad thing that happens, that's not so bad. Exactly. So, What was your um, favorite part about the weekend? My favorite part about the weekend? If you just one thing comes to mind. Oh, my God. I don't even know that I've had time to think that much about it so far. But um, loved everything. I actually like the match game. So I like it when people enjoy the match game. Or the casino. I actually sat and played some poker for a while and some roulette. And every time I tried to leave the roulette... Is it roulette or roulette? I think it's roulette. Every time I tried to leave the table... Other people would come in and go, oh, how do you do this? And I would end up losing more money because I don't bet very well on right. roulette. So, and we but, should uh, say, for, for clarity's sake, you lost more chips. I lost more chips, use yes. So, but um, I like the casino night. I really like that. I liked getting our pictures taken. I liked, you know, just the whole thing. I really like just sitting around and chatting with people, too. Yeah, see, that's where I would have gone is that in the midst of all this event, there's wonderful classes and all that, but right. the the social space that's created, being able to sit around with your peers, and, and we'll see that again at Beyond the Love coming up mm-hmm. in six months, the polyamory thing that we do. Um, it's that being able to sit for in a hotel for an entire weekend with people that live your life Right. Or share your lifestyle beliefs, at least. Right. And just being able to be authentically you and sharing the same joys and tribulations that everybody else does. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, wow. Still coming down from that event. Hoping I am not crashing today. You received many an octopus-related thing for your birthday at the event as well. <laughs> including I octopus did. socks that I remember that Slave Ann oh, gave yeah. you. They gave me flowers, too. And they the gave you flowers. We'll have to remember to tell them we want them back on staff next year. Yes. <laughs> the rest of our team just assumes. Right. But uh, we'll have to reach out to them. And then also you mentioned that you got an octopus backpack. I didn't get a backpack. I got a backpack link. Oh, a link to a backpack. Yeah, so a lot of people during the weekend, I kept getting pinged that I was getting these Facebook links. And I'm like, why are people like linking me on Facebook? These people are here. Why are they? And what it is is um, it's a... Uh, it's a yellow octopus backpack that kind of wraps around your back. So it's just really, really neat. But I like, I like the backpack links. I may have to end up getting it. <laughs> uh, I could picture you running around with a uh, tentacle monster hanging off hanging your back. Hanging on my back. Because yes, <laughs> that's what actually... it looks like with my octopus socks. I actually wore the short, short skirts because the octopus socks are knee highs. Mm-hmm. So that way you could get the whole effect of the socks. It's all about the socks. Well, Slave Anne said that she couldn't give me tentacle sex, so she got me tentacle socks. <laughs> she did and at say least that. They're, at least they're safe socks. <laughs> they're safer socks, yes. Um, all I, uh, as a matter of fact, speaking of tentacles, all EA listeners can participate in the Find the Tentacle contest and win handmade kinky crafts. You can find out more about that at the end of the show, and that bell does not go with the kinky crafts. Um... <laughs> So check that out at the end of the show. I don't know who won this week. Oh, I don't know. I don't think we've been notified. So, okay. There may still be a chance to win. Absolutely. So before we get into our topic with our uh, wonderful people from Multi Amory, I did want to mention that we got an email from a Miss... How would you say that? Perrette? I would say Perrette or Perret. I'm not sure. It's those 
that French E T T E. I'm not sure. Miss Parle. Maybe. Either way, she writes and says that she loves the podcast both as a uh, source of entertainment and education. And we appreciate that. As a matter of fact, we actually heard from her many years ago. She is a online-only dame, primarily Second Life. And mm-hmm. funny that we talked about Second Life in an episode of the podcast. Oh, might have been around episode 50 or so. Maybe. So many sure. years ago. Yeah. But it is absolutely still a thing, it appears. And, um, you know, people like scoff at the whole online-only reality. Well... Uh, she's been with her partner for over seven years via Second Life, and wow. you can't scoff at seven years. Not at all. But she wrote in to say that she totally get, understands this whole idea of the experience of Dom Drop or Dom A Drop. And uh, we talked about that on the uh, podcast, our last episode, and how I didn't really have a feel for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she does now. And uh, she finds, she looked it up, and uh, now she knows why she gets all droopy after oh, seeing. Oh, nice. Well, it's nice when people learn learn something new just from our ramblings. So <laughs> that seems to happen. We ramble, and people are like, oh, my God, that was so. And it's like, well, we're just, <laughs> we just like to talk. So, um, you know all this stuff that's piled in the living room that mm-hmm. we still have to organize and put away? Yes. We have to keep some of it out. We have another event we're doing. Mm-hmm. We do, we do. We have Trist coming up. You know, that was something that was really neat, though. After PXS, I walked by Barrick, and I'm like, he's like, it's over. I'm like, yes. Flipping gears. Trist. All right, Trist. Trist is next. <laughs> woo <laughs> You and I will be attending the Twisted Trist in uh, two weeks. Two weeks. And uh, we will be doing a whole lot of jack shit. Uh, exactly. No presenting, no gigs, nothing to the best of our ability. We might do a couple of podcast interviews. I threw that out there because I can't just sit around and do nothing. And we've had some people speak up. But um, there's been a couple of topics of interest come up where people are like, oh, this, like Reiki and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Someone needs to lead it so that blah, blah, blah. And there's this piece of me going, I could lead it if I'm sitting in front of my camper with my puppy dog getting a tan at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, I have not spoken up yet to lead anything. I actually want to... Try to relax on this one and make sure that I've got the time to do and participate like a regular attendee. Right. So we'll see how that goes. If you are attending the Twisted Trist uh, as well, don't forget to let us know and we will sit down and have a cup of coffee around a campfire. Mm-hmm. We're hoping to have the pop-up camper. And if so, we should have the EA banner if I remember to pack it this time. <laughs> so hanging off of it. And that is a way of finding us. We're usually kind of near the swimming pool. Kind of. Walking distance. Yes. Short walking distance. That's probably where, we, or, or we'll be at the swimming pool just yeah. swimming around. And if you want to meet Ginger, she'll be there too. Not Ginger, It'll, the kinky Polly puppy. Yes. Who had her very first and second birthday at Twisted Twist. And we plan on doing her third. So I actually just wrote about that. Someone on the FET board was like, does anybody have any birthdays coming up? And I was like, Ginger! <laughs> <laughs> so we'll end up having puppy cake for the puppy. So that is about it for this episode. Before we get into the uh, interview with Multiamory, anything else as we lead our post-PXS crash into a pre-beyond-the-love event flurry? I can't think of anything. My eyes are droopy. They're droopy. And I have to work, so... He's licking the microphone stand. And drooling all over it's it so at the weird. same time. But I did catch that. So today <laughs> on the Erotic Awakening podcast, we are uh, 
joined by fellow podcasters Jace, Emily, and Dedeker from the Multi Amory podcast. Guys, thanks for being on the show with us. Thank you thanks very much. Glad to be here. And in keeping with Erotic Awakening, I appreciate that you're showing me the pussy right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> White tabby. Yes. Drooling, dripping, wet pussy. Wow, there it is. <laughs> true, actually. Our cat is on the table yeah, here. We're much, we could just stop right here. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, okay. Done and done. Yep. Mission accomplished. So, yeah, you I, guys, so we've talked on the Erotic Awakening podcast a fair amount about polyamory as the years go by, but you guys have an interesting perspective and come at it from a different perspective, including going through some relationship changes, which I'll probably get into in a moment. But I want to start off with something that I heard on the Multiamory podcast. It was probably about three weeks ago, and I'm not positive I got it right, so I want to ask you guys, (laughs) are you guys anti-rules? Yeah, oh, the controversial oh, anti-rules <laughs> status. Yeah. Yes, we we recorded that and then we got so many people arguing with us about yeah, that. And actually great. actually it's been fantastic to even yeah. have the discussion um, sure. because even having discussion with other lovers or other friends or people who just email us out of nowhere, just even having the exploration of the topic is really fascinating. Yeah, I mean, I'd say the three of us are anti-rules. Mm-hmm. However, some of the people in our lives like Jake the Beekeeper for example, <laughs> Uh-huh. And Johnny, who was um, right. yeah on the man on the podcast man, the with you, podcast. yeah, the two of them actually kind of like rules. So, but yeah, basically, if I can, if I can Please. try to sum it up real quick, is that uh, yeah, we're we're anti rules in the sense that um, a rule generally implies something that one person imposes upon another, okay, um, and that there's an important distinction there between that and um, an, an agreement or something that you offer to your partner. Um, and the example that we always give of like the closest thing that any of us would have to a rule is that we would always use condoms uh, when having sex with, you know, with any of our partners, with our other partners. Um, and that's something, though, that it's not like you're going to use condoms because I told you you have to. But that's something that we've offered to each other. It's like, hey, this is something that I'm going to do and that I promise I will do. Uh, for and, your health and for your well-being. It's more right. like a courtesy to the other people as opposed to a hard and fast rule that you have to live by. Well, right. yeah, because yeah. I know for all of us, it's come out of more of a discussion about like wanting to value sexual health yeah. in general, right. you know, as as again, as opposed to like you know, laying down a rule and then there's the consequence. and and that when something like that happens, you know, when the rule gets broken, that then it's about, oh, you broke this rule as opposed to a discussion about sexual health or a discussion about yeah. people's sexual needs. If and that makes sense. since we were little kids, we've been figuring out ways to get around the rules. <laughs> uh, you know, look at the letter of the law, trying to figure that out. You know, when you, you like almost poke your brother, but don't. And you're like, mom, he's not touching me. It's like, well, I'm not touching him. What's the problem? <laughs> right? like, we've been doing that. Everyone does that since we're kids. And so to build a relationship around rules is... You know, kind of implying that if you had free will, you wouldn't do those mm-hmm. things. And that's the important distinction that, that I always Is that the, make. Yeah, that the rule's in place because I know that if I don't set down the rule, you're going to go nuts and go crazy. You know, which, which I think kind of starts to withdraw trust from your partner. Mm-hmm. So let me. So let maybe it's just the word rules that's uh, that we're talking about. Do you have agreements then? Do you have, do you have um, courtesy suggestions? So for courtesy example, suggestions. <laughs> if Emily were to come to Columbus and come visit, and I and we met each other and we hit it off and we had a wild, passionate sex, the only requirement is condoms. 
So, right. Emily, yeah, so three weeks that. later, Jace, you're listening to the Erotic Awakening podcast and you hear about the sex capade. That, uh-huh. That's okay. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, obviously, I mean, making the assumption that, like, she didn't come back and, like, lie about it sure. or something, I mean, you, you know, well, and, which is not something that. You know, we try to create an open, safe space for communicating those kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I have no filter whatsoever. So I would have told Jace, like, after it happened anyway. And we would have told Jace, like, in the middle of it happening. Yeah. The two of us, even now, even though we're not really together anymore, we still are extremely close and we still talk about stuff like this all the time. So that's another great example there. Right. And we'll get a little bit into that because it's sure. fascinating to me that, hey, let's start a polyamory podcast. Hey, we're not actually in a relationship anymore. Hey, let's <laughs> keep the podcast going. That's a story in itself. Sure. But at this point, um, so can, if Emily and Jace get back together, do they have to mention it to anybody? Or uh, do you just, I don't know. I don't know how they would hide it. I, that would be really <laughs> surprising. <laughs> I think the bigger question is why you would use the word have to. Yes. I would want to, right? Yeah. Like that's, that would be a significant change in my life that I would want to share with my friends and my lovers. Yeah. So, Ditto. so to ask like, would I have to, like, no, I guess I wouldn't have to, but why wouldn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, 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 I mean, well, and maybe taking it out of the context of the two of them, like if I suddenly started dating somebody new in the next couple of weeks or so, like that's an open conversation. Like I'll probably have an open conversation with Jace about, oh, I'm going on this first date with this person. Oh, it's a second date. Oh, it's a third date. Oh, it's sex. Oh, I want this to be in a relationship with this person as opposed to like kind of secretly having all these dates and suddenly ending up in a relationship. And now I have to break the news to Jace. Hey, I'm in a relationship with somebody. Yeah. Right. You know, first of all, that wouldn't be bad information anyway, but it's just the fact that these things are all happening in real time and being communicated in real time yeah. as well. We really stress that, I think, on multi-hammery is a huge amount of communication between all yeah. parties and friends, lovers alike. I mean, you know, I again, I care deeply about these two people, so I'm constantly knowing what's happening in their mm-hmm. lives on a daily basis. We talk constantly, so, yeah. yeah. Something that I want to mention just on the rules thing, since you're asking about that, is that, you know, generally when, when people talk about rules, the rule that comes up the most is either a veto rule mm-hmm. or is like an approval rule, kind of like you were, you were asking about, you know, mm-hmm. if Emily were to go off and, and have some fun with you, whether I would have had to sign off on that beforehand. And then the second question is, could I then veto and go, absolutely not. I'm too jealous of another podcaster. I can't. <laughs> Especially one in Columbus. Yeah, I know, right? um, so, so anyway, my, my point is that, uh, that those types of veto rules grew, uh, grew in like the early days of polyamory becoming, um, you know, polyamory groups starting in the United States, which sort of grew out of the swinging community and out of the free love movement of the 60s. And in swinging, it is, you know, you have this one relationship and you allow certain sexual things, but it's the connotation is that those other sexual experiences are allowed solely at the good graces of your partner. Um, That, you know, there's this idea that if anything threatens this relationship, they can all be put aside. Mm -hmm. And in polyamory, when you have people's hearts at stake, you can't just do that. You can't just... I mean, you can, but you're breaking a lot of hearts. You're having to break up relationships out of this fear around one. 
Yeah. So our stance on no rules kind of is taking that idea and expanding it further. Um, and I, I just recently read Franklin Vo's new book, The Game Changer, mm, which yeah. is coming out soon. Uh, and he talks a lot about this idea of times in his life when he did, he was given that veto by his wife mm. and just how not only did he hurt the person that he had to break up with incredibly badly mm. and it hurt himself, but his marriage also never recovered yeah. from that wound, how badly that wound hurt him and hurt his trust uh, and hurt the possibility of him actually being able to have other relationships, like expecting someone else to give their heart to you, knowing that at any moment that could be taken away with no explanation or no reason. Mm-hmm. So our anti-rule stance is kind of a further extension of that. Okay, very cool. And I don't want to uh, <laughs> spend the entire, I could spend yeah. the entire time. I'm sure we could, but yeah. <laughs> it is something that comes up a lot. I think that the perspective of if you've been in a monogamous relationship for 10 years and now you start exploring polyamory, your perspective on the situation is a little bit different. Sure. Of course. Uh, so so let's go into something else. Now you guys, and I warned you guys, I had some some uh, a little more harsh kind some of questions. Singers, <laughs> because you guys are, are the polyamory experts, we're going to go after this. <laughs> so tell me if this you believe this uh, these following statements are true or false. You guys live in sunny California. Yes, we do. We, true. You're uh, <laughs> prior to not too long ago, you're in a relationship with a single one guy, two women. Uh, wait, what? Wait, say that again. Point, well, there's some point where there's a threesome. I appreciate. It. Let's skip that uh, one because right. things have changed. Yeah, so track of all that. Yeah, yeah, we were in a technically what you call a triad, triad at one point, yeah. but Let's... we did all have other partners outside of okay. that triad okay. as well. It wasn't a closed triad. You, you folks are um, attractive. Thank you. Well, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Well, Shucks. Right? <laughs> and and I'm, I, I've got the advantage. This is why I turned off my video. But I've got the, I can see you guys. Right, you guys are California, good looking. <laughs> Not White. one of us. Now, now, here we go, right? Here we go. <laughs> Caucasians. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. 30-ish? In the 30s age area? That, late, that late, one. Late 20s, us. early 30s. Yeah, we're yeah, late. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much your classic, what the show, uh, oh my, now I'm skipping, with, with Jahaba, what was her name, with the television show that was oh, on? Kamala, Kamala Devi. Yes. 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 So, so I would have to guess from that show, which I never truly watched, to be honest with you, and from this interview that polyamory is for young, good-looking white people. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> is that your experience in where in your the polyamory community that you're in? Are you in a community at all, for that matter? I guess not. I guess, well, yeah. I mean, kind of. We definitely have a network of, like, other poly friends, either either other lovers or people who are just, who are poly that we're not dating, or people who aren't even poly but are cool with it. You know, mm-hmm. we kind of have, like, a loose network. Like, none of us live in a commune anyway. No. Right. Um, we, don't have, we don't have, like, weekly meetings. or No, meetings and there's no polyamory that. board of directors, although <laughs> we do joke about that. Um, I would like to take these one at a time, because you said, what, young, white, good-looking people? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, the young one, I can definitely tell you that, I mean, from my own experience, like, there's a really, really wide age range in the polyamorous community. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is because of the fact that, you know, the swingers and free love movement in the 60s, you know, <laughs> created pretty much every poly person who's over the age of 40 right now. Yeah. You know, there is still that community that, that's very active. Um, I don't know. From what I've seen, like, it seems like there's a wide range of people who are a poly because... Well, absolutely. From, I, I mean, look at my... You know, I know you... I, 
yeah, I have a um, a cousin and his wife who have kids, and they are polyamorous, and they and, have been for like fifteen years. Yeah, or yeah. absolutely. Um, I would say though, just like to a certain extent, though, there's some truth to what you're saying, in that we live in California. Well, California place, helps. A place where we're. <laughs> We're a lot less likely to suffer really bad discrimination against us mm-hmm. for being polyamorous. Um, you know, as far as being young, I mean, our poly circle is around our age, but I feel like most people's social circles are around their age, mm-hmm. just in general. Sure. Uh, and there are lots of poly groups around here that are much older than us yeah, that we just like, don't have as much. Them in common with yeah when we go to some of the big polyamory meetup groups and stuff like that in Los Angeles I mean there's you know people of all sorts of ages and, yeah and, and everything absolutely they and race it, and everything it, it yeah. does tend to be mostly white people though yeah that's that true and just, that is something that actually Elizabeth Sheff in her book yeah. um, the polyamorous next door she did address is mm-hmm. that I mean I think she interviewed a number of people who were poly and were black and talking about their difficulty and feeling like I'm the only black person like <laughs> right. in this community. Yeah. Yeah. Now we're, um, uh, the, the question of is an illusion. I know that's not the reality. My own social or my own actually polyamorous network is, um, older. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. say old, but we're older. <laughs> uh, we are, uh, we have a variety of races mixed into my little, whatever you call the matrix or the web or whatever you call mm-hmm. your poly. We call metal. it a constellation. Constellation's well, good as well. Well, I call it a constellation. <laughs> but do you feel any responsibility for helping to people to understand that poly's not a, not something for young white people. It's for everybody. We just happen to be a slice of people. Or is that yeah. not your, is that your, not on your agenda? Just nothing that you need to even worry about. I would say that, that, our agenda is more um, something that we talked about on our coming out episode uh, was the fact that people are more likely to be accepting of a lifestyle choice if they're aware of it. Sure. If it's, yeah, if it's visible, yeah. if it's talked about. And so that's kind of where we're coming from is just trying to be a voice out there of saying, you know, hey, polyamory is a thing. Look at us. We're fairly normal. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean? Like we're we're people just like you and this is what we choose to do and we're not scary and we're not trying to make you break up with your wife and, you know, we're not <coughs> – excuse me. You know, we're not condoning cheating or, or any of those things. Just trying yeah. to help people understand. Okay. As far as other races and stuff, I mean, absolutely. Like we, we talk a lot about how this is something for – all, for everyone, all yeah. Gender identities, <laughs> absolutely. All people. But but yeah, as as three white people, mm-hmm. well, mostly white. Yeah, I'm uh, probably the most ethnic of the people <laughs> sitting here. But yes, you know, there's sure there's only so much you know that we can represent. With that. I will bring up that oh, I was surprised that you had actually didn't mention this because what comes up a lot is people saying that polyamory is only for rich people. Yes. Really? Or not, you know, another, like yeah. rich or well off, like middle class, you know. Um, I, and you guys are podcasters, so I assume that you're not rich. <laughs> <laughs> We're not rich. Touche. <laughs> yes. Touche. Because that's the thing is a lot of people say like, oh, well, you have to have a lot of money and a lot of yeah. time and, you, and be able to like take everybody out on dates. And, and let me tell you, I mean, we all pretty much have worked in the inter- entertainment industry, which mm-hmm. means it's usually feast or famine, yeah. um, depending yeah. on what gigs. And we're still able to make it work. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. regardless, you know, the same way that you that people can make a monogamous relationship work even when they're poor. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. You know, it's just a matter of, of again, of, of how you manage your time, really, yeah, and, and how much time that. you want to be able to give to your relationship or multiple relationships. Absolutely. Do, do you have a lot of people that reach out to you because you do have some experience under your belts at this point from like a coaching or a mentoring perspective? Oh, yeah. yes. So many. A ton. So and many. It's great. Yeah. And that's why I mean, that's why I originally even started writing the book mm-hmm. that I'm writing, um, which is a it's a guide to polyamory specifically for women, because I had so many people, not just women, but people in general reaching out to me um, and reaching out to us, you know, just asking so many questions, you, you know, like there's definitely a need for this information to be out there. Yeah. And then with the coaching specifically, I, I started uh, pursuing the coaching certification. Uh, originally, it was just kind of so I could get some letters behind my name for the book. It was originally just going to oh, be wow. just for the sake of the book. Yeah. And then once I actually started doing it, realized how satisfying it was and how many people out there want this because there's so many couples, especially who realize like, this is something that we're interested in. You know, we have all this information, but we have no idea how to actually take that first step. And it, it's funny. There's, um, I read this quote recently that a coach, a coach is the person who hits the wall and then turns around and says, Hey everybody, there's a wall, <laughs> you know, um, part of the reason why we really enjoy coaching and mentoring is because of all the freaking stupid mistakes that have been made yeah. along the way, either, either along the way or when we first started. And the more that, we can help people avoid those mistakes, you know, I think the better it is because there's so many people who I think go into polyamory and hit their first experience of jealousy or their first mistake, or they're the victim of somebody's mistake. And immediately they think, well, this isn't for me when really, you know, just with a little bit of guidance and a little bit of intentionality and mindfulness, you can really navigate around a lot of really common pitfalls. I I like what you said there. Uh, The, the mistakes that we've made in our, uh, polyamory is probably the most valuable tool we can share with people. Most you know? definitely. Yeah. So, and, and occasionally get to, Oh, we, we did something that came out right. <laughs> We're always yes. when that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, when, when Emily and I first transitioned our relationship from being monogamous after two years to being polyamorous, yeah. we didn't decide to be polyamorous. We, we didn't even know that word existed. Sure. It was more like, let's try something else. Yeah. <laughs> the thing I always said was like, let's not try to, go out of one box and into another, but let's just throw away the box entirely and figure out what we want to make. Uh, and then ended up, you know, discovering the term polyamory and, you know, reading books on it and then sort of experimenting and finding our own decisions about, you know, what's what we for wanted us. to do. Yeah. So to be able to, to coach people and talk, talk through that with them and kind of make, you know, help them to understand that the struggles they might have don't we've nec- all been there. We've yeah. all been there yeah. and that they don't necessarily, I don't, I don't know, like there's ways to really look at different feelings that you have and kind of evaluate where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. And that we tend to take a lot of things for granted as just being fact mm-hmm. and not realizing that we are very malleable as people and mm-hmm. capable of changing our thinking about things. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, there's just tons of other things that I can talk to you guys about. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about the guide to poly for women, because I think that is a specific, uh, audience that would like to have their own voice. But, yes, um, absolutely. But I can hear a lot of the stuff that you guys have going on, on your own podcast on multiamory.com. But yes. so what I want to wrap this is with this question we get this a lot up here in our area and, 
Well, I'll just ask you, do you think that it's important to keep a separation between polyamory and some other alternative lifestyles? So, for example, polyamory Mm -hmm. and kink, polyamory Mm -hmm. and swinging, because, well, I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I know when we first started talking about creating the podcast and creating the website, that was one of our first things that we thought of somehow finding a way to talk about polyamory that wasn't just connected to sex mm-hmm. because our experience with people's reactions is that's the first thing they want to know about or the first thing they think about. You know, you say, well, I'm polyamorous and, and it's, oh, dog. Hey, hey, glad <laughs> that is um, not ginger, by the way. For you say, <laughs> say I'm polyamorous and dogs keep barking. Um, yeah. And they think like, oh, is that swinging or oh, is that some weird kinky thing? You know, I think, wasn't it your mom, Emily, who said like, you know, oh, why do you have to just, talk about what happens in the bedroom? Oh, yeah. no, that, those, that was oh, my friends. Oh, were, God. They were asking why we did this podcast. They're like, sure. I just don't understand why you need to talk about what What's happens in the, in the bedroom. bedroom. That should yeah. be private. And I was like, but it's, it's, not, it's just not just the bedroom. That. It's yeah. not yeah. about the bedroom really yeah. at all. It's, yeah, yeah. it's like saying that, a, you know, talking about dating is talking about sex like it's, yeah they get, well it's kind of like very different things you know at the beginning of the gay rights movement you know when there was a lot of you know a lot more homophobia part of it was because people could only see the sex right you know like you're you're gay and you're having weird perverted sex i don't want you teaching my children yeah you know instead of seeing it as a whole complete relationship and a whole person and so that we kind of wanted to bring a much more holistic approach to polyamory and of course we do talk about sex because there is overlap in those communities sure. between the swinging community the kink community the polyamory community but we wanted to make sure that what we were bringing to the world was this more comprehensive view of what polyamory is outside of just what the sex is because just like in monogamous relationships, the sex can range from being super vanilla to super crazy kinky. Absolutely. You know, your, your, your constellation arrangement, um, you know, can be separate from what your sexual preferences actually are. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say it's, it's just being specific and saying, hey, this is what polyamory is. What you choose to do sexually is also your choice, whether mm-hmm. you are gay or straight or bisexual or, or you're transgender or you're into kink or you're into vanilla sex or you're asexual, then mm. none of those things matter in terms of polyamory. Like you could be polyamorous in any of those. Makes sense to me. I, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's been great to talk to you today. Where can I find more information about the coaching, about the podcast and about the blog? Pretty much everything you can find <laughs> on multiamory.com. Multiamory.com. Fantastic, guys. It's been a pleasure to talk to you tonight. Thank, yeah, you. Thank, you yeah. so Thank you so much. Then, Emily, I suppose you could probably come up maybe in November, if not before October. <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, hey, let me turn we'll off the record. We'll put it on we'll the figure calendar. It out. <laughs> Erotic Awakening is sponsored in part by the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show and its educational branch, the Monkey Puzzle Club. Join us the third Friday of each month for Fetish Foreplay Friday at Club Princeton in Columbus, Ohio. Classes begin at 8 p.m. with the party immediately following. You can catch the Guilty Pleasure Stage Show at Porter's Pub in Columbus, Ohio the fourth Friday of every month. The Monkey Puzzle Club meets every Wednesday at 8 p.m. at The Room at the Columbus Insight Center. Follow us on Twitter at MonkeyPuzzleOH. You can also follow both Guilty Pleasures and Monkey Puzzle Club on FetLife.com for all announcements and discussions. EA listeners can participate in our Find the Tentacle contest and win handmade kinky crafts. Just head over to k 
kingcraft.co slash eroticawakening and follow the directions to find the tentacles. Each week, one winner will be selected at random to receive anything from the site for free. And if you don't win, you can still use the discount code Dan and Dawn to get 10% discount off your entire order. Go to kinkcraft.co. C-O. <laughs> Bye, Dawn. Bye, Dan. Bye, Dan.